The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement How long before gift? a wedding should I send out How many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to continue the conversation with Kristen on using generative AI for SEO content and PR. As a reminder, again, Kristen Tinsky is the co-founder and SVP creative at Fractal, which specializes in increasing its clients' organic search rankings, brand engagement, and authority through the harmony of technical SEO, content development, and digital PR strategies. Yesterday, Kristen and I talked about best practices for utilizing generative AI. And we dove into things like sequencing between it, best practices and prompts. And today we're going to dive just a bit deeper into the applications of content SEO and PR. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. So with that, here's the episode. Kristen, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So yesterday, we were kind of taking the broader perspective on it. I think you gave some great recommendations of different ways to think about using these tools, using them at scale, and also how by using sequencing, you can really open up the possibilities of what the output is. Today, I'd like to 
really dive in a bit more into some of these applications, specifically like PR and content SEO. And I think there's been a lot of conversations around just, yep, ChatGPT can create content. I've heard less in like the PR space. So I'm interested to kind of hear your approach, how you're using it within your business and kind of, yeah, how you see this as a tool within that space. Yeah, it's a really interesting question that I think we're just starting to get some of the answers to. But as I said in the last episode, it's I think it's really important to think of, of ChatGPT as, as like a almost infinitely knowledgeable personal assistant that you can have a conversation with. And the more detailed you are, the better the results that you're going to be. The more generic you are in your questions, the more generic the responses are going to be that you get. So for PR applications, I, I think that there are really a lot I guess I should preface it by saying we don't ever use like the peer completions from these for any work directly. They're used as inspiration or used as, as a tool to refine human edited work. They're obviously prone to making things up from time to time, or maybe even more than that, if we're being honest. But that doesn't that doesn't really, at least for me, it doesn't really limit the potential of it as long as you have a human in the loop as part of your process and you're careful not to just go from like a, a generated piece of text from ChatGPT directly to something client facing or an email that you're sending to someone or whatever it happens to be. I think that's a really key point on the human intervention with it. Before we go on to kind of some of the PR applications, do you have any tips and recommendations for QA process or kind of at which stages we're injecting kind of human judgment on top of what we're getting as an output? Yeah, I think the human always needs to be the final stage. But like we were talking about in the last episode with prompt chaining, you can have ChatGPT itself do some of the legwork of like overview or quality control for you. So having as your few final steps asking it, how would you refine this? How would you make it better? How would you improve it? Are there any factual errors here? And then running that a couple of times. So although it's impossible to know, or sometimes it's not possible to know if there's something factually incorrect, like if you don't know the information yourself, if you run rerun that prompt three, four, five, six times and get the same answer each time, you can be pretty sure that it's correct. Of course, you should still verify it, but yeah, rerunning it a few times to make sure the answer is the same or very similar or having a chain of prompts that's asking it to refine in different ways each time. So if you're doing something like PR, make this pitch more concise, make this pitch more interesting, make this pitch more convincing and so on. So you can iteratively refine the, the original pitch that you got back from it to fit some rubric that you've defined or some set of best practices that you've defined for an output. So like at Fractal, over the last 10 years, we've developed lots of internal guidelines, best practices, and rubrics for our PR team and our creative team. It's what we think will lead to the highest rate of success when we're pitching the content that we produce. And to building that into your prompt sequence, or if you're just using ChatGPT, knowing what criteria matter to you, and then iteratively refining on each step of that criteria after you've done your initial generation, I think is so far the process that's working well for us. But yeah, again, at the very end, the human needs to be the one to sign off on it. 
Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Excellent. Going back again, what can you, I guess, share on like the PR applications that you guys have been using? Yeah, so there is a bunch. I guess I'll start at the beginning. So I guess the overarching start to doing PR is, is understanding what audiences or reporter journalist beats are appropriate for pitching to. So beat is, is just the topic area or topic focus of that particular journalist. So the first thing that you can do is ask for what are the most appropriate beats for this piece of content. And really what you all you have to do is pass in your article or your article title. If you give it the entire article, it will probably do much better. And asking for, yeah, what beats? Is it business and finance? Is it consumer spending? Is it SEO? Is it real estate? And based on your entire article or your entire piece of content that you're looking to do PR on, what are all of the potential beat angles that you might have? So at Fractal, we're constantly thinking about as we create the content, our creative team and our PR team are engaging with each other to try and figure out how we can tell a story that will allow us to pitch to as many beats as possible. So if it's about one primary topic, are there other aspects to it that can allow us to then pitch to secondary or tertiary topics. One of the ways that we do that is like having a geographic angle to it. So something that has like a, a national relevance, but also has like a regional relevance and maybe also has local relevance. And that way we can we can pitch to beats that are national outlets, regional outlets and local outlets. But that applies topically too. So there's hundreds of different beats that reporters report on. And the more that you can address with your content, the more points and newsworthy angles that you have that match up with lots of different beats, the more options you have to pitch to, and generally the more successful you'll be, at least to the extent that you're not watering down the story that you're trying to tell. So that's the first part. The second is suggesting pitch angles. So taking a full article that you have, like say a data journalism project, like what Fractal would produce, is it's always going to have some number of interesting points, interesting takeaways, newsworthy takeaways. So what we call it, asking ChatGPT to pull those out of your written content and find what's most interesting. And again, you can use like an iterative process here where you say, 
pull out every fact from this article and then sort this list of facts by interestingness or newsworthiness or sort them into the beats that you defined in the previous step I was talking about. And that way you can really well organize your pitching process so you understand who you're targeting, who their target audience is, the piece of content that you're pitching, what aspects of it match up with those given audiences, and what's most interesting within your content that you can pitch. The next one is, of course, writing sample pitches. So this is where you need to be most careful because you need a human in the loop for this. But certainly it can help with writing pitches, uh, especially if you're writing multiple pitches to multiple different journalists that are writing for different beats. Then you can use an iterative process to help you write pitches that are similar, make the same sorts of points, give the same sorts of takeaways that you defined in the last step that I was talking about and give you the best opportunity for success by writing something that's really highly tailored to the journalists that you're pitching. So this can be a huge time saver, but of course you need to check it again at the end. And then you can take it a step further and ask ChatGPT to evaluate the pitch that it's written or evaluate a pitch that you've edited and ask it, you know, how could you make the, the subject line more attention grabbing? How could you emphasize the timeliness of the story? How could you additionally personalize this to the journalist's particular background? And you could, for instance, give it some information about the journalist's background if you have it. Or if you have a third-party API or data source, you could inject information about that particular journalist um, into this process of evaluating your pitch to make sure that the pitch that it's coming up with is really well tailored to what you also know about that person. Um, you could ask it to be more concise. You could ask it to end with like a call to action. You could ask it to format it differently. For instance, like make it more readable or use bullet points. You could ask it to edit, to add emojis to it if you wanted, which I actually do on my LinkedIn posts. Like I'll write a LinkedIn post and then I'll put it into ChatGPT and say, could you add LinkedIn emojis to this and all the places that it makes sense and would make it more readable? And then it gives you those emojis. So yeah formatting, and then content-based improvements to the pitch that you generated in the previous step. And then other types of editing to your pitches. So asking it to, to rewrite it multiple times, asking it to refine further, asking it to extend or simplify, things like that. And then, yeah, the subject line stuff is really interesting to me because the open rates on pitching are extremely dependent on how interesting your subject line is. So coming up with compelling subject lines based on the pitch and based on the piece of content that you're pitching, giving both to ChatGPT and asking it to come up with subject lines or using an iterative prompt chain to write subject lines, refine those subject lines, sort them by what GPT, ChatGPT thinks is going to be the most salient for that particular journalist or that particular audience. And yeah, and then finally, you can do press releases too, which... I mean, depending on your use case, may or may not be useful to you, but it's quite good at writing a very well-formatted press release based on you know, a small piece of, of information and uh, company and contact information that you have is really all you need to give it. So, so yeah, those are the things that we've figured out so far, but there certainly are others. And I think the ones that we're going to be exploring in the near future are looking at ways to incorporate prompt chaining and external data sources. So specifically being able to get information about the journalists themselves or the publications that they write for 
so that we can use that to personalize some of the drafts that ChatGPT writes to do a better job at making sure that we're being as interesting and possible to that particular journalist or that journalist's audience. I mean, I think those are excellent examples of this, but through this conversation, also the previous conversation, I think what I really appreciate is your approach to understanding not just the limitations of the tool, but also human limitations. And so I feel like the underlining piece that you keep revisiting is you're finding applications where there might be a limit to what was the human thought. Like I happen to think of this or I happen to remember this, so therefore I could apply it to it. And so it sounds like across a lot of these, you're using these tools as a, all right, give me all these additional inputs. And then yes, there is still the human QA or the human sign-off layer. But I think you have a really strong approach of the, not just limitations of the tool, but the limitations of the overall process and the human and then kind of blending those together. So I think one, if it's just an overarching takeaway, I'd like the listeners to have to it is to not be thinking so one-sided on just like, well, generative AI content can do this, but also what are our limitations from like the human aspect. And I think these type of solutions and scenarios is... Again, like you mentioned, we're only scratching the surface on, but super exciting to see kind of like what this will also build and lead into. Yeah, to me, that's maybe the biggest learning curve with working with generative language models like GPT-3 is figuring out how to engage with them. It's, it's almost like getting to know a person or like an alien intelligence in some way, and not to anthropomorphize it too much, but also getting rid of of some of your own assumptions and intuitions and figuring out ways to like blend your knowledge with ChatGPT's knowledge, which is always going to be massively more extensive than yours. And I think, like I said last episode, there's no way for you to know what you don't know, but ChatGPT can at least give you some insight into what you don't know or what steps you may be missing in some process or even unusual or esoteric ideas of how something could be improved just by asking it for that explicitly. And for me, it's, it's been a really fun process of learning how to interact with it to get more and more out of it as you sort of get to better understand what it's capable of, but also all of the places that you think you're adding value where really, if it were a combination of you and it, it would be even better. Yeah, it's like these tools can also highlight some of our blind spots. And it's like we always enter in analysis, conversations, whatever, with some sort of past experience bias. And so, yeah, it's like with these tools, we can use that to highlight where we are biased and use that to kind of strengthen the overall output. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. With the caveat that these models also have biases built into them because they were trained on human data. So there are some safeguards that OpenAI puts puts in, but those safeguards are really sort of at the prompt level. So before you ever have any conversation with ChatGPT, OpenAI has an initial prompt that you don't see that is modifying its behavior 
beyond what the base model itself would do if that weren't there. So it's doing things like saying, be kind, be polite, don't be racist or bigoted, follow directions and so on. And people have actually figured out how to like jailbreak that, which is also an interesting topic to talk about. There are people that are sort of working in an adversarial way with these models and trying to push their limits by figuring out what that first prompt is and how it can be changed. Because it is true that the base model itself is much, I don't really know how to put it, I guess it's not as restricted than what most people are interacting with, which is the base model, plus an unseen set of initial instructions that guide the model to be a certain way to people using it. Very interesting. And yeah, I think that also leaves us something to continue the conversation with. But with that, it wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks again to Kristen Tinsky, co-founder and SVP creative at Fractal for joining us. Greatly enjoyed the conversation and highly recommend all the listeners to pull up your LinkedIn profile, look at some of the resources that you're putting out because certainly it's been really nice to see just the valuable resources that you're sharing with the community. And if you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Kristen, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Contact her on Twitter where her handle is at Kristen Tinsky or visit her company's website, frac.tl. That's F-R-A-C T-L. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.